0: From HR Wins, I'm George Larocque. Welcome to the HR Market Watch Future Work Podcast. What's the future of recruiting? And what does that future mean for recruiters? This is a conversation I'm having more and more as I meet with talent and HR leaders from around the globe. Now, Every function in every business is experiencing rapid digital disruption. Tech users and employees expectations are changing rapidly as digitally native generations enter the workforce and really as all generations adjust their expectations at work to be more like the experience they have outside of the workplace. Now, this is exceedingly true in recruiting where new tech like automation, artificial intelligence and machine learning are entering the space at accelerating speeds. So the result is everyone's trying to look into the future right now and anticipate the role of the recruiting function and of the recruiter. What will that be in just a few years? Now when this topic comes up, these days I hear a lot of hype. The the hype comes mainly from the tech vendors, of, of course, Love them and uh, appreciate their vigor. Uh, but it also comes from the pundits. Uh, th- there's a lot of theory out there, and that's whether your opinion is more aggressive or conservative, um, you know, whether you think the robots are coming for your jobs or whether you think there's going to be you know, incremental improvements based on all of this technology uh so it's you know an improvement for the recruiter and the recruiting function um, over time a lot of healthy debate on what the future holds for recruiters now as a market and tech analyst focused on the work of the future i i do spend a considerable amount of time thinking about things like this but this question um, what the future holds for the recruiter well for any Anyone in the uh, people function right now, HR, etc. But but what's the future of the recruiter based on all of this change? It, there's a there's a unique challenge that posed here. Now, see, normally I like to draw my perspective and answers from experience and data, whether that's my experience, um, my data, or uh, other experiences and someone else's data. Uh, the challenge here is that we don't have a lot of useful history. We don't have a lot of use cases. And in the past, we've seen tech go through very repeatable adoption cycles that were, well, they were slower <laughs> and, and we could see the impact emerge and make fair assumptions. Now, this is coming on fast though, but I have good news. My, my guest today has a unique position in the marketplace He has a bird's eye view over more than 8,000 different staffing environments, and that's important because I, I personally hold the opinion that progressive staffing service providers have always been way ahead of the corporate employers when it comes to approach to recruiting why now don't roll your eyes why Uh, because staffing is the business it is the product it's what every dollar invested and every dollar earned is related to think of the large rpos and um, managed service providers Uh, rpo would be a recruitment uh, process outsourcing firm Um, they see approaches and technologies across segments uh, industries job types etc and they leverage it to both increase their output, their sales, their placements, their hires, and to lower costs. They experiment with approaches and technologies to help achieve this. And I mean, we've even seen some active corporate funds from staffing firms and RPOs investing in early stage tech startups because of their commitment to innovation here. So, as I'm looking to understand the future role of recruiting and of the recruiter on the employer side, I decided to ask someone that sees what's happening now on the staffing side. And I'll tell you what, he's got some great insights for us, and I invite you to listen in on our conversation. I am really excited to talk to our guest in this podcast uh, it's Art Pappas. Art is the founder and CEO of Bullhorn. Uh, Bullhorn provides cloud-based CRM and operation solutions for the staffing industry. Uh, more than eight thousand staffing firms rely on the Bullhorn platform. And if you don't know Bullhorn, they're they're basically the global leader in staffing front and back office tech. Um, Art is a good friend of mine. disclosure. I worked for art at Bullhorn as VP of Sales. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, he's a great guy he's uh, It was uh, one of my uh probably my favorite experience uh, where I had a real job and uh, I'm so happy to have him here. welcome art.
1: thanks george it's uh It's really great to reconnect it's uh It's been a while.
0: yeah. Yeah, and you guys have been really really busy over there. It's been uh it's been fun to watch your you as I mentioned you're global now. Um I mean you were global when I was there, but that was more organic um at the time.
1: Um <laughs> Yeah, it was global with a little g. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um you know the. You know we we talked before before this about you know sort of w- what the conversation and the market is. Um, you know things have been, you know in some ways nothing changes, in some ways everything is changing depending on what what angle I look at things. But you, you've been in the industry a, a really long time, and you're in this unique seat. Um, you know with thousands of of companies using your tech and in different staffing models. What what are some of the, the the trends or the the big issues that have changed the landscape over the last several years, and and maybe how how have things changed?
1: Yeah, I think one of the big trends that's that's really really powerful right now is that um, our customers are are evolving the way that they deliver their services, and rather than just saying, "Hey, we just we do staff augmentation, or we do uh, perm placement. Um, I would say the majority of our customers are evolving their service offerings to be much more uh, aligned around a workforce solutions provider approach rather than a um, you know looking at it like a point solution. So for example, um, many of our customers are now offering, statement of work to their customers so rather than delivering the staff to to, to run a project they're actually delivering uh, a, a, a service that has a deliverable at the end and, and, a, and a fixed statement of work uh-huh. um, they're they're also uh, they're also providing all sorts of services around you know managed service provider services which uh, is I would say not not necessarily new but seems to be much more Pervasive in the market now, and even we're seeing that in sort of like mid-market accounts, where you know maybe where they would would typically have a, a contingent workforce of like you know 200 people. Even at that level, we're seeing um, we're seeing customers get into the MSP side of things. So I think um, I think that that means that that in general the buyers are now much more sophisticated in the way that they buy. They're using contingent workers uh, and their, their suppliers uh, in a much more sophisticated way. And, and in a, and buying, I think, in a, in a greater way. So I think the, the staffing industry globally just hit uh, about 565 billion in annual revenue, which um, you know it's nearly a, a half a trillion dollar industry. And, and it's funny because I still have to explain um, what the industry is to people who aren't really familiar with it, but it, it's definitely become a, a, a big, big industry globally. And it's it's an exciting time and it's still growing very quickly.
0: Yeah. I, I, that last point you made about having to explain it. Um, you know, I consume a lot of, um, a lot of research. I, you know, a lot of, I read a lot of articles about the industry or about what's happening to the workforce. And I always, I'm always shaking my head that, you know, the, it's almost as though, folks are discovering that people hire actually hire contractors or consultants or freelancers for the first time. And it's a, it's, this has been a, a trend that's been emerging rapidly since like the eighties. Um, and it's, it's amazing to me. More people aren't aware.
1: 15 15 million workers in the United States work for a staffing firm at one point or another. Yeah. So, every year. So you think about that, like at some point, you know, if you tallied up all the people who had actually worked for a staffing firm at some point in their career, it's gotta be, it's gotta be north of like 30, 40, 50 million. And you wonder how it is that you come across people and you say, you know, oh, like I make software for the staffing industry and they say, Oh, what's that? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and then you get to describe like, well, their corporations need flexible solutions to their workforce challenges and my customers provide that. And what do you mean? You know, (laughs) it's like, yeah, you ever been a temp? Like, yes, I have. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, (laughs) It's a really interesting, uh, it's a really interesting market that people just don't understand. And, um, and a lot of times people will say like, Oh, so you make corporate, hr software and i just give up i'm like yep that's right <laughs> sure <laughs> if that's the bucket you want to put me in yeah it's, a, it's an amazing industry and and um we just had our engage conference here in boston and we do one in boston and we do one in uh, in uh, london and um the boston one was just, we just got over 1200 people at the event, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you remember, yeah, I don't know if you remember George when it was like Bullworn Live back in two two 2008 and we were, we got 185 people and we rounded it up to 200 and we, yeah. you know, we were so, <laughs> so excited. Um, I do remember It's become that. kind of a, yeah, it's become kind of an a, amazing event. And um, y- you meet all these folks from all over the place that, that are in this industry. And it's a pretty, you know, it's, it's, I've dedicated my career to serving the industry and, and um, it's changed a lot in the last decade. It's yeah. really, it's, it's really cool to see a lot of progressive so, businesses. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to ask, I want to ask you a little more about that, but I'm, I'm curious uh, first, you, a lot of our, your conversation about the market, a lot of the conversation is around contractors and the, you know, the, the gig economy and all that. But um, what about permanent placement? Is that, is that declining or is that just chugging along at a slower rate?
1: Yeah, the, I think that if you talk to my customers that are focused on that segment of the market and, and are in perm, I think that they are, I wouldn't say declining. Um, They're not experiencing uh, consistent growth. Some companies are seeing perm placements go off the charts and others are not. And I think that, um, I think that it's not necessarily like segment driven. There, there are definitely some corporate recruitment departments who have figured out how to leverage LinkedIn and, they have their own internal search teams, um, and that's, that's become more pervasive. But at the same time, you also have hiring shortages in every, in every single uh, sector now, and um, so I think people are turning to third-party recruiters to, to fill their perm jobs. Uh, hmm. In a lot of segments and a lot of sectors and a lot of companies, but but it's not uniform. Where people are saying, "Oh, my, you know, that's growing like crazy uh, across the board." I, I I find perm shops that are struggling and and others that are just you know doing great. And so okay. it, it's it's really been a mixed bag. It's it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Now, um, yeah. Overall, I see the staffing industry. It's always it's always been ahead of the corporate employer side when it comes to, uh, innovation in approach. Um, and you know, when, when staffing is the business, that's, you know, what the CEO is concerned about. Uh, you're obviously going to invest more in your process, uh, your technology, your, your your overall, um, how you think about, uh, staffing and recruiting more strategically. And there's a long list of things that, that I would, I would put on that, um, you know, just research, sourcing, etc. cetera. Um, what, what are some of the things that you're seeing now that, you know, you mentioned some innovative business models a, a second ago. What, what are some of those things that, that stand out for you?
1: Yeah. I, the, the recruitment industry has been, uh, an inbound marketing industry since like Jump Street. Um, <laughs> if you look at like classified ads you know, a million years ago, that was, that was the way that people recruited it primarily. And um, you know, then it evolved to job boards and now people use LinkedIn and Indeed and Glassdoor and, um, you know, and, and soon to be you know, Google more and more. But mostly it's like I post a job and people come and uh and and you know, they come inbound and then you know that even if you hire a third party perm recruiter, they're you know, they're mostly posting jobs and, and getting uh getting responses inbound, but they you know don't know the best places to post the jobs and 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 they do some outbound. What's what we're seeing more and more of now is a shift to automated outbound and automated engagement and um, and automation on the front end screening so when i say like automated engagement what i mean is i've got a database of of let's say their uh their sap project managers and i know my clients are going to need those people at some point and i haven't talked to them in months we're seeing customers now leverage um not just outbound email marketing which you know is not new but new to the recruitment industry, Um, we're seeing now customers say, I want to use chatbots to engage my talent that's gone dormant and keep them connected to my recruiting staff. And so they're sending texts, they're sending emails that look like they're coming from from the recruiter, um, and the engagement rate's pretty high. People are, you know, just checking in. How's it going? You know, anything changed on your end? Like, when are you coming available? If you're on a contract, and that is driving a ton of, um, a ton of, really, it's inbound, but it's sort of outbound-driven uh, leads into these organizations, and it's much higher quality uh, than what you get when you post a job because you're targeting people, saying, okay, these are people I want to re-engage. Um, we're seeing a lot of that. And then on the front end, when people do apply to jobs, we're seeing our customers, um, now it started in light industrial jobs and and sort of uh, office clerical. Um, We're seeing pre-screening being done by chatbots and you can call it artificial intelligence um, because it it sort of is, but it's very simple uh, knockout questions that typically would be in a very long form application. Yep. what we've, we've seen is that when customers deploy that technology, the, in, the uh, engagement of the, of the talent goes way way up. People would much rather ask answer questions to a chat bot than fill out a form that you know has thousands of questions on it and so by moving it the knockout questions to that format, people feel like they're engaging they know it's a robot but they feel like they're actually getting a response and it's eliminating the, some of the complaints about the dreaded black hole, which right. I think is, uh, that's, that's something that's really plagued the industry for a long time. So you get a fast no. The computer will deliver you a no. You know, uh, you, Can you operate a forklift? And the answer is no. Guess what? You can't have the forklift operator job, but right. candidates would rather know that right. than sit around waiting and wondering if I'm ever going to hear back about that forklift operator job and you know the the chatbot's smart enough to say, well, you you can't have the forklift operator job. However, um, what about pick packing? And candidate can say, okay, yeah, I'd be interested in that. And then you know continue the conversation about a different job. So um, it I wouldn't say that we've we've taken the human interaction out of it, but we've taken the mundane at, interaction out of it. And what's interesting is that what our customers are telling us is that that technology is allowing is allowing their people to spend more time building relationships and they have recruiters who can't adapt because all they were good at was like pre-screening candidates and churn and burn kind of ripping phone calls right. and doing mundane stuff and those people are like okay like maybe i maybe i need a different job because i'm not like good at building relationships which is really interesting um i think that's it's sort of a. I think that's where a lot of industries are going to see automation sort of change the dynamic of the way people work, and it's going to be good for some people in a lot of ways and bad for some people in others. But I do think overall for the staffing industry, which does get a bad rap for hiring people who are entry level and you know get on the phone with talent and don't know what they're talking about, um, I think that actually the bar goes up for the whole industry, which I think is going to be really, really interesting and. Could be great actually for the industry. Yeah.
0: yeah. And what's what's cool about what everything you just said is so there's a uh, on the employer side, there's a debate going on right now about how will this impact the job. And there are a lot of us who feel like, you know, it's gonna take a lot of the transactional, a lot of the the work that bogs the recruiter down off the table and ha- let them focus more on what they're really there for the relationships and and you're you're saying you're seeing that you're seeing that happening right now it's not a it's not in theory it's 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 what has happened with those who have implemented this um that's pretty that's pretty cool um is that uh do you do you see that leading even deeper into the process you know like a you know uh, more yeah like assessments yeah, or things like say-
1: that Definitely. Yeah. Assessments, interview scheduling, um, anything mundane. I don't see computers taking over material conversations anytime soon. Um, You know, what are you good at? What do you want to do? I I just don't think that, you know, should you take this job? Shouldn't you? You know, how much money should you ask for? Is this a decent benefits package? I I think we are light years away from that. And I don't know that human beings are ever going to want to take advice from a computer. I think they're going to want a human to human interaction on on that level, but could be wrong. You know, we could we it could be, you know, truly the computer's take over and eventually they're like, you know, you don't have to do anything and in fact what are you good for and then, you know, then they take over the earth. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I I, I think uh, I think we're a long ways away from that.
0: I hope so. so. I hope so. We've got to,
1: yeah, we got we got at least 20, 30 years. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, as long as um, as long as you're going to work with with people, you're you're going to want to interact and get a feel for who you're going to be working with. I mean, that's that's clear. Um, you know, and that you want that sooner than later. You don't. You know, that doesn't. You don't want to go through the process and then realize you know it's a company full of jerks or or vice versa right that,
1: uh, that that's right and that's why glass door is has a business right? because that, that's precisely what people want
0: right that's true that's true so um how does this compare when you know the conversation we just had is that a global thing or uh, is it different in, you know, in the EU or uh, Australia than it is in the U.S.? Um,
1: Remarkably, it is becoming a global thing, and usually Europe is much slower to adopt technology than the U.S. What we're seeing is every every customer I talk to in the enterprise is saying, "Okay, yeah, we we want to experiment with this stuff," whereas experimenting with hey, let's move to the cloud was probably a 10-year lag over the U.S. Yeah. So I think, um, I, th- I think now that Europe has moved their technology to the cloud, the rate of adoption is, is going to be similar to that of the U.S. when new stuff comes out. So okay. we'll see.
0: Well, yeah, I had this thought um, – Recently, where I was having this conversation and realized there was a time, you know, at, at, at this point in time, everybody's lives are taken over by their smartphones. But if you remember when it was they were cell phones, just mobile phones, uh, Europe was way ahead of us in adoption and texting. That's true. So maybe culturally um, they're suited for that uh, just as well as we are, or maybe, maybe even better uh, because they've been you know, in that mode, uh, longer than a lot of us.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: So, um, so what else is happening in the market? Did I, uh, did I not touch on a a trend or you, you hit, you hit so much. There's there anything that you think we didn't talk about that folks would like to, to hear about in the world of staffing.
1: I think that, um, what we're seeing is kind of interesting on, on, sort of the the vendor management side of things um, we're, we're seeing a lot more um, obviously vendor management systems are adopted and mm-hmm. they're much more adopted than they were five years ago and they're continuing to be implemented and installed all over the place um, what we're seeing though is that uh, there's a lot there's a lot of lot more human interaction between the staffing suppliers and the end clients and so I don't know if that's a, a a loosening or just a sign of the fact that there's such a fierce fight for talent that people are realizing they have to engage their suppliers and, and what's interesting is like when we surveyed supplier uh, buyers um, they don't really perceive that the vendor management system is is the bane of of their staffing suppliers' existence, usually that's because there's an MSP in between the buyer and the right. and the staffing supplier, telling them that everything's okay. But it's a nightmare. I mean, it's a total nightmare for these suppliers because, you know, they're in this blind auction process and they're they're just you know trying to submit resumes. There's almost no feedback loop. I mean, it really like it's really sort of sent the industry back uh, quite a bit and. And my customers for years have been really frustrated with it, but they're not going to go sit with a, with a, a fortune 500 account. And during an account review say, you know, this vendor management system really sucks because <laughs> you know, right. That, that's like immediate grounds for being removed from the vendor list. And so it's a, it's funny. So like we never even knew that, that buyers didn't know. Um, but it, it's, it's true. It's true story. Uh, those vendor management systems are killing suppliers but um but you know we have found ways to integrate and make it easier and more streamlined but it, it's you know you'll remember george that was something like like 10 years ago was was uh was an issue it really really has not gotten better because mostly cuz the the uh the vendor management systems cater to the the buyer rather than the supplier who happens to fund the program it's really it's one of the most incredible dynamics I've ever seen, um, in, in business. It's like the person paying actually has no voice. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it is, it is wild. There,
0: yeah. There's, there's some things that starting to happen. Um, yeah, I, I sat with 20, um, leaders on the employer, side on, on the buyer side and, and to keep the language consistent here. Um, now they were saying that I would, I would say about, half of them, about 10 of them in the room were saying that they're starting to take responsibility for that whole process uh, or at least uh, become uh, one of the big stakeholders in it, which is unusual, right? Usually that sits in Mm. IT or finance or purchasing, right? Um, And so, uh, and the reason they were doing that is because now that when they look at the contingent workforce, they don't. They don't see. but well, they actually don't look at two workforces any longer. They just look. They're looking at one blended workforce, and the experience they're having as a as a contractor. They're just as concerned about that as the experience as a, a full time employer, especially in areas like healthcare. Um, you know, hospitals. They're 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 really concerned about that. So I want you know this is early. Like this isn't like a massive trend. Exactly.
1: You know, but but I think that's really smart and progressive for them to do that. Yeah. I mean, because they are, they are sure they're they're the worker of the of the staffing firm technically, but they're really they're really going to work for the the employer, and they care about what that experience is like, and um, making it streamlined is and and as positive as the experience of a full time employee is really smart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I was surprised to hear it. Um, I've I've always asked the the question and usually, yeah, nobody wants to touch that that's in purchasing and they, you know, they don't want to get involved in it. Um, but it's starting, um, it's starting to be, I guess, become an issue, uh, for them. Uh, so that, that, there's, you know, there's, there's that. And then I think, um, some of them talk about because of that blended concept, like, you know, they, they see a day coming with um, it's almost like game day decisions, right? Like the, it's so talent is so scarce um, in certain areas where, um, you know, they're really looking for a global view of, you know, who's presenting. Um, and sure, there are large projects that you're going to give to the MSP and that's how they're going to handle it. But, um, but I, again, really early, I'm not saying this is where things are headed, but it's interesting that they're, that it's starting to happen a little bit. I, I, do you have any, any, are there any staffing firms that sort of offer the, the, the full cadre, like on, on like a transactional level, not just a service offering level where, you know, their, their sort of talent pool is opened up to the customer, um, for whichever model makes sense. Is that, is that a thing?
1: Uh, that is a thing that I know that a number of folks are toying with. It is not yet. Um, it's not a trend yet. Yeah. I think it's, it's an experiment. Yeah. Um, but, but it makes sense in certain, certain, uh, situations, right. Right. Where let's say that, um, in manufacturing, you've got a, you've got a shift supervisor who, um is on the you know the, the second shift or the third shift and this their their suppliers aren't are going to be sleeping when they're trying to fill a, a no-show vacancy you know having access to a, a portal to be able to say you know hey i need somebody and um having the talent respond in real time is a, it's kind of where it should go huh. um if they're pre-vetted and already been onboarded and you know, like that, it could work like that. And so yep. that's, that's the kind of thing I hear customers experimenting with um, buyers want it. Right. Like if I'm, if I'm the shift supervisor, I want that. Yep. If I'm uh, and, and I think the staffing firm wants to supply that um, it's just a question of like, you know, what happens in the middle of the night, if we don't, you know, screen the, you know, if the, the employee's not vetted perfectly, right? Right, Like if they have not worked there for that manager in that role before, do you take a risk and say, all right, well, why don't you try the guy who came in yesterday and just completed his paperwork that I think we're far away from that. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun. I could talk to you for hours about the industry and the market. Um, but, uh, Uh, we can't do that right now. So, uh, (laughs) last words for you, where, where can people, uh, find out more about Bullhorn or is, is there anything coming up that, uh, you'd like to, uh, let people know is is happening for Bullhorn?
1: Well, yeah. So, uh, we have Bullhorn Engage London coming up in, uh, September and anybody who wants to check that out can go to engage. com. We have, uh, A fantastic speaker lineup and should that should draw about a thousand people cool and um and yeah people can people can check that out and uh come learn and there's there's a leadership track which is usually the most popular track that's uh that i think has a you know we'll have a draw for folks and so and there's also of course a recruiting track and best practices and and of course um there's always a great party. So
0: is there any entertainment at the party? Oh,
1: um, <laughs> always. There's always entertainment. Uh, but if you're alluding to, uh, the bullhorn band stampede, yeah. yes, uh, I, don't exactly. play- <laughs> okay. I don't think we're going to be playing. I don't think we're going to be playing in London. I think, um, we, we played, we played last year and I think, um, you know, you got to give people a break, right? Like they can't, nobody wants to hear the same band every year at the same conference. Right. That's true. It up. That's true. That's so, true. That's true. Except for me, you know, I'd, I'd love that, but you know, <laughs> yeah, well there are, yeah.
0: yeah. I know there are YouTube videos you can, you can enjoy to to satisfy your, your, uh, your need. For... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Bandstampede.com. You can <laughs> you can check it out. We're we're, uh, we're going to be going in the studio in the fall and, and, Releasing right. an EP, so there
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. And of course, bullhorn.com, of course, for anybody uh, looking to learn more. And uh, Art, this was great. Great fun. Thanks thanks for thanks, uh, George. being on the podcast. It was great. Once again, I want to thank my guest and friend, Art Pappas from Bullhorn, for sharing those insights. That was great. You can learn more about Bullhorn at bullhorn.com. You can learn more about their Engage event which is happening September 11th and 12th, 2018, in London at engage.bullhorn.com. Now, I'd like to remind you that if you're doing something interesting in HR, recruiting, talent management, uh, or any related technology, whether you're an employer, or a tech vendor, I would love to have you as my guest on this HR Market Watch Future Work Podcast. How do you do that? Just email me at hrmw, that's hrm like market, w like watch, at hrwins.com, and we'll start the conversation there. Thanks everybody for listening. Talk to you next time.